it's Tax Credit Tuesday, and I am Michael Novogratik bringing you the Novogratik Report on Tax Credits, a weekly podcast brought to you by Novogratik & Company, a national accounting, valuation, and consulting firm focusing on affordable housing and community development. Today's podcast will feature two topics of the week. We will first take a look at the use of taxes and bonds in New Markets Tax Credits transactions. Next, we'll provide a summary of state historic tax credit programs and take a quick look at Ohio's historic tax credit program as it recently announced the first round of awards. Before we get to our topics of the week, it's time for breaking news. Top staffers with the House Ways and Means Committee said last week that, like the Senate, the House will spend most of 2008 studying the corporate tax system with the hope of making major changes in the 111th Congress. This includes hearings scheduled for 2008 by the Tax Writing Committee on the Tax Reduction Reform Act a measure that would cut the corporate tax rate and eliminate many business-oriented preferences in the tax code to make up for the shortfall. This $1.3 trillion bill would also repeal the alternative minimum tax after 2007. The issue is being discussed by both Democrats and Republicans in the House. On November 14th, Senate Finance Committee Chairman Max Baucus, Democratic Senator from Montana, said that he would hold, and I quote, aggressive, unquote, hearings in 2008 with a goal of working on major tax reform in 2009 and possibly 2010. Both John Buckley and Jonathan Traub, chief Democratic and Republican tax counsels, respectively, on the Ways and Means Committee, agreed during a webcast on corporate tax reform hosted by the Tax Council Policy Institute that 2008 would be a time of hearings on tax reform and that legislation is likely in 2009 and 2010. If passed, the Tax Reduction and Reform Act would reduce the top corporate marginal tax rate from 35% to 30.5% and would remove a number of preferences as a way of offsetting the tax rate cut. Earlier this year, Treasury set off alarms for affordable housing advocates when a report that examined business taxes as they relate to global competitiveness concluded that the top corporate income tax rate could be lowered by more than 20% by eliminating a variety of corporate tax preferences, including the low-income housing tax credit. Stay tuned to www.taxcredithousing.com for continuing updates on this matter. Our topics of the week will begin with how taxes and bond financing can be used in new markets tax credit transactions, a subject of increased interest in the industry of late. There are different scenarios in which new market tax credit transactions can gain benefit from private activity bond financing. Today, we'll discuss two examples. In the first, a government agency could serve as the leveraged lender. In the second scenario, a community development entity, or CDE, could treat the purchase of the private activity bonds as a qualified low-income community investment, otherwise known as a quilicky. In the first scenario, a government agency would borrow money from bondholders and lend the money to an investment fund. In turn, the investment fund would invest in a community development entity, otherwise known as a CDE. The CDE would then lend to the Qualified Active Low-Income Community Business, known in the industry as a qualicby, which would operate to qualifying private use. The problem with this structure is that for most taxes and bonds, the proceeds of the bonds must be used directly for the private use. However, lending to an investment fund where the dollars go to the CDE and then to the private use would not qualify as this is an indirect use. However, some taxes and bonds do not have this direct use requirement and allow an indirect use. Go-zone bonds are an example of these types of bonds, and there are others. Moving on to the second scenario, a CDE could treat the purchase of the private activity bonds as a qualified low-income community investment. 
otherwise known as a clicky. Here a CDE would lend money to the government agency which would then lend to the private use quilicby. A problem that arises with this scenario is that for new market tax credit purposes, the CDE needs to lend directly to the quilicby, so this approach doesn't qualify. New market professionals may want to look into 6320 corporations as an alternative solution to this last scenario. 6320 corporations are quasi-governmental units that can issue taxes and bonds and use the proceeds of the bonds to finance the corporation's activities. For instance, if a city were to sponsor a hotel, they could form a 6320 corporation to issue taxes and bonds and use the proceeds to build and then operate the hotel. The key question at hand with a 6320 corporation is the degree of control exerted by the government agency over the corporation. Forming a 6320 corporation for this use may not always be an option, however, you should consider it and see if such a structure could work for your own transaction. As the use of taxes and bonds with new market tax credits receives continuing attention, additional structures and scenarios will be developed. We'll keep an eye on this practice and update you in future installments of the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast. Now let's turn to the state historic tax credit programs. More states are establishing or expanding their state-level historic tax credit programs as government, private, and not-for-profit agencies seek out ways to preserve historic structures. We have identified 28 states that currently have historic tax credit programs, and the number is growing. Ohio is an example of a state with a new historic tax credit. In July of this year, the Ohio legislature authorized for two years its state historic preservation tax credit, aimed at preserving the state's historic building stock. In November, the first awards of the program were announced. In all, the 11 tax credit awards are expected to yield more than $35 million for the preservation of historic structures. Almost half of the award winners are based in Cleveland. According to the National Trust for Historic Preservation, Massachusetts, Vermont, North Carolina, and Oklahoma expanded their historic tax credit programs between 2005 and 2007. Notably, Massachusetts raised its annual cap from $10 million to $50 million. Connecticut, New York, Ohio, Kentucky, and Mississippi created state-level historic tax credit programs in the last two years. Many of these are modeled after the Federal Historic Rehabilitation Tax Credit. Currently, New Jersey, Illinois, Minnesota, Arkansas, Oregon, and Hawaii are considering state-level historic tax credit programs. A discussion of the basics of the Ohio Historic Tax Credit can be found in this month's New Market Tax Credit Monthly Report Article of the Month, which can be downloaded from newmarketscredits.com by clicking on Article of the Month in the News Menu. Or, for more information on the Federal Historic Tax Credit, be sure to order your copy of the Historic Rehabilitation Handbook before the price increases in 2008. The handbook provides an in-depth information source on the technical aspects of the Historic Rehabilitation Tax Credit. Details can be found on our website at www.novoco.com products. Listeners should also feel free to contact my partner, Tom Bosha, in our Cleveland office to learn more about the Historic Tax Credit and more particularly, the Ohio Historic Tax Credit. And that's our report for this week. As we close, I'd like to remind you that our events team is planning two New Market Tax Credit application workshops, one in San Francisco, California, and one in Washington, D.C. Stay tuned for the actual dates. We are waiting for the notice of allocation availability to be released, which we still expect to occur before Christmas. We also have a strong lineup of events planned for 2008 which will start with our 14th Annual Tax Credit Developers Conference in Sunny Isles Beach, Florida on January 10th and 11th. 
this conference is going to focus on combining the low-income housing tax credit with the Department of Housing and Urban Development financing programs. Please join me again next week when I'll review the current status of the Internal Revenue Service project to update the new market tax credit regulations, and I'll also provide an in-depth look at state conservation easement credit programs and how recent investigations into possible abuse could have an adverse effect on participation in these programs. We'll also provide an update on the energy tax bill that's making its way through Congress. According to summaries released last week, the latest version of the legislation tops $21 billion and would include long-term extensions of the investment and production tax credits for renewable electricity. Next week, we'll also review the current status of efforts to extend the new market tax credit along with other expiring provisions. This is Michael Novogratik. I'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.